Welcome back to yet another episode of Cosmic Conduits. And right off the bat, I'm going to admit it's not been regular. It's been a little while since we've recorded and a lot's been going on in that time. And what has been going on for me personally has been incredibly heavy and I have not felt much like sharing in general because, you know, this period of time that I'm moving through, I feel like demands a lot of just being with it, being in it and being able to share when you're ready. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I guess I'm, you know, as ready as I'll ever be. Um, but you know, this heavy period of time is not necessarily something I want to talk about extensively. I don't necessarily want to talk much about what has been going on specifically, but what has been really interesting for me personally is going through a period of real deep heaviness, perhaps one of the most challenging periods of time in my whole life. Um, and you know what that's brought up for me because it certainly is a fresh perspective. And you've got to look at it that way, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I've been thinking about this as well in terms of redefining what normality is and actually reframing a situation and changing how it is from that point onwards, almost like a evolution or like a rebirth of some kind. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you use that word, rebirth. Well, I used the word evolution first. Yeah, but you used the word rebirth second. I did use that, just for you. Jesse's not a big fan of that concept. I just, I love this concept. I just think the word growth does that same thing justice. Well, you're the one who said it, so. <laughs> you know, I certainly have been reborn. I'm glad you, I'm glad you see that. <laughs> no, but honestly, redefining normal is what we are talking about today because for me personally a few two major circumstances are playing out right now where my everyday life has changed and at least one of those things means that my everyday life will never be the same ever again um and you know to stop being so vague and to be more specific I recently lost a or my beloved childhood pet that I had from the age of maybe 10, I think 10, I was 10 when I got him. Uh, yeah, I lost him a few weeks ago and it was sudden, it was shocking and it was traumatic and it has been devastating. And you don't really realize how intertwined you are with another human or creatures, another spirit's life, whatever. Um, sometimes until they're gone, I, I guess I knew, I always knew, but, but in the absence, um, yeah, the absence is, uh, profound. It's quite a lot. I, uh, want to point out that this beloved pet of yours has actually featured on our podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> We've talked about him interrupting in the background constantly. Yeah. And you know, he brought so much life and love and energy into everything he did and he had the biggest presence of any creature I've known 
Yeah, he, he was literally always around for me. You know, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. He's there. If I'm at home, he's around. You know, I, w- I, I would have him in the room when I was doing my uni exams online. You know, I was That's <laughs> when pretty I'm crazy. sleeping, eating, showering even, he's always around. I'm sure some professors wouldn't allow that because they'd think that maybe you have some telepathic relationship and he can give you information. Well, he was. Oh. Nah, jokes. <laughs> he was just there for moral support. Good. But yeah, look, it's it's... It's been a radical shift for me personally um, to have my little best friend, animal kin, no longer by my side. And along with that shift in my everyday life comes this, this real sense of emptiness that is to some degree always going to be there because nothing will ever be able to replace him. Like any major loss that we go through. Of course not, yeah. And I've lost my grandma, which is a huge loss because she's the only grandparent that I ever had. I lost her a couple of years back and that was the first major loss I'd ever gone through. But um, yeah, my little parrot's definitely the next biggest loss and he's my friend and it's very interesting. Um, it's an interesting period of time. Yeah, you really see those stages play out from an outsider's perspective. The five stages of grief very differently in every single person. And the sort of personality types dictate how intensely each of those stages play out for you. And what I've noticed is, you know, you yourself have carried quite a lot of blame towards yourself, at least in the beginning, because it was untimely. He was just over halfway through his life. And that's quite a heavy, sudden loss. And I really, I totally understand that. Um, And it fucking sucks. Really does. But I believe that that void that it leaves is something that over time just gets filled up by ascribing more meaning to different things in your life. At least in my experience, you know, these pe- these these beings, they leave these a hole, some kind of void, this loss where you just can't even begin to imagine how life will be without these creatures or, you know, family members. And then you just go on. And what you said was like, now is as ready as I'll ever be. You said that something like that earlier. And that's the thing. No one's ever really ready. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't get to be ready. You don't get to decide when you're ready for something or someone to pass. So yeah, (laughs) it's hard. I I really know, but, but really allowing yourself time to um, let, and I mean, an emphasis on the word let here, because you can close everything out, but let that void be filled. You have to let it, you have to welcome the feeling of it because that's what anyone who passes would have wanted. And there are many cultures that celebrate death. And there are many, there's a quote that I think of, which is, I don't even know where it comes from, but everyone says it for some reason. It's the quote, um, well, now they're closer to you than they'll ever be. And I like to think about that in terms of death. Because the physical plane, by its very nature, is a limited plane of existence. The energetic plane is infinite. That's right. And all they're doing is going back to the energetic plane. Reminds me of a story, and I won't say who told me the story, but it was from some kind of <laughs> audiobook. And Stop. someone died, and they said, like someone, someone was really sad about this person beloved to them dying. So they said, please, insert name. Don't go. And then he says, don't be silly. Like, where? Where could I go? Where am I going? Ram Dass and Maharaji? No. (laughs) 
I specifically told him just one. Just, just stop one talking thing. about Ramdas. How? Everyone needs to know about Ramdas. He's the best. He's seriously a legendary person. Anyway, yes, it was Ramdas and Maharaji, <laughs> right? <laughs> you lasted all of five minutes. Was it five minutes? I have no idea. I thought it was like seven. <laughs> Look, that's as long as I can go. Yeah, it, it's it's a very, you know, it definitely resonates as truth. And I've had moments of, you know, Jesse's been with me throughout this whole period of time because he was with me when um, I lost my, my bird, Violet. And we went through it together, which I'm so grateful for because it was a traumatic event. And yeah. we were certainly side by side. Um, and just, just want to put it out there. Like you have been so perfectly supportive. Uh, I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm just so (laughs) grateful to have had you here, but that, you know, I certainly feel that truth because in my difficult moments, you've shared with me, like Danny, you need to, you need to tap into the fact that he's still, he still exists to some capacity. He still exists. And it's such a difficult transition from the physical to the energetic plane for somebody who's still on the, on the physical plane to try and come to terms with, because, you know, our, our energy is bound by skin and flesh and blood. And yeah, it's, it's a different, they're in a different form now. And what does that mean? That's a difficult thing to uh, try and perceive. But I think that when you can tap into that kind of knowing you, you heal you 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 heal without this attachment that like no they're always they're always there they're still here you know it's not like an unhealthy yeah, that thing beca- that can become unhealthy yeah. yeah i've seen that before as well exactly and what it feels to me like is a lightening of the heart like when i feel those periods of guilt mm. or um like real heaviness sadness. real darkness sadness like i can't go on um when i tap into that like when a part of me is like Danica, he is still, he is, you know, he is, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel a lightning of the heart and that's the best way that I can describe it. And when you're in the, the ickiness of grief, the heaviness, the thickness, um, you think nothing will lighten your heart. And so it's weird to be sitting there like sobbing and then all of a sudden to have those sobs ease up and to have my heart just be like, Oh, I don't feel so heavy anymore. It's beautiful. And you just feel yeah. like sometimes you feel like that'll never happen, but you can tap into that even when you're still in the early stages of, of grieving. Yeah, yeah, you can. And you know, if you're lucky, you'll get to. Yeah. And we'll all have different types of losses in our lives. Like someone will be really shocking and others will be something that we get to in some way prepare for. But the grieving process is something that you can, it's unique to every it's, situation really and every is. time in your life. And yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to that idea that, you know, the lightning of the heart and the idea that they live on and you're more connected to you now than ever. I think when it comes to that, you said that, you know, even though, even though we're of the energetic plane as well as the physical plane, our our energy is sort of bound by our physical body. And what I think of that is that, yes, it is. However, it'd be important to note all the ways you already tap into that realm for example every time you pick up your tarot or oracle deck and you pick a card well you're interfacing with that realm you're getting some kind of influence whether it's from coming from within you or from outside of you that influence is something greater than just your you know blood and bone and meat and flesh it you can obviously sit there and 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 shuffle you know logically and pick a card but when that card says something to you that sticks every hair on your body up 
and almost, you know, at times can bring you to tears and shake you to your core. And you're just like, how the fuck did they know? Like, what is this? Yeah. You know, it's like, it almost seems like some kind of insane magic. Yeah. But that is simply just you interfacing with the energetic yeah. realm. And so one thing I've actually done in my most recent loss, which was a couple of years ago, um, is I bring, I bring, I, I welcome the space. I, I, let me try, we read this better. I welcome the lost loved one into my space and have them guide me. And it reminds me of a song that I brought up with you the other day called Guardian Angel by Alan Stone. And the lyrics are, somebody's watching all that I've done. That's what you get when you've lost someone. Yeah. Guardian Angel watching over me. So you get someone sort of helping you from the other side more. Yeah. Which at first it's really hard to even understand logically or accept. But sometimes there's just these things that are beyond logic where you can just feel a presence or something happens and like like you were saying to me, um, like you can still hear him for days afterwards. Oh well, that's because my other bird mimics his calls exactly. Oh, okay, so that's, that's completely different. <laughs> Literally, I'm that hearing is, him. <laughs> okay, let's ignore that point. It's the sort of feeling of the presence, and then when you welcome them into your energetic um, exchange space, that is a really helpful way to connect with them. Look, I don't. Yeah, I I, I can. I can at first find that difficult to get to get with, like welcome them into your energetic space and that kind of thing. Because a part of my, like my hypological side says, Oh, you're just gripping. You're just, you're just grasping for straws. You're just really looking for something to connect with because you're, you're grieving and you're missing something so much. But here's the thing that is also resonating as truth right now. These like death and grief certainly is a portal of some kind because another thing that I've been feeling is that grief is a tangible thing inside of my body right now. It's making 100%. me sick. It's making me, I can feel, I really, a few days after it happened, I really tapped into like, yo, I can feel this energy in my body and it's been with me since then. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it shifts and sometimes it takes over and sometimes it's, it's subdued, but it's constantly with me. And, um, you carry around like the energy of grief that's tied inherently to the, this process of death whether it be a physical death or the loss of some part of yourself or some lifestyle that you once knew and now no longer have but it certainly is an alchemizing time in your life and a time in which you have the opportunity to connect with those higher planes of existence because you are in this strange in-between and you are you are inherently open to feeling ways that you don't necessarily feel and so you know, yeah, sometimes I do tell myself like, oh, maybe you're just looking for something or I don't, I don't do it a lot. So I don't say that to myself a lot, but I guess that could be the first thing that comes up. But, but then on the flip side of that, so many people surrounding the processes of death and, um, like the ritual surrounding death. Like for example, in our culture, we have like two week rituals surrounding the, the death of a family member. And then we have regular um, sort of rituals that go on for like six months and then a year, like at six months we have a ritual and then at one year we have a ritual or a prayer or whatever you want to call it. But in that period of time, when you, when you come together with your family members, people will have stories like, yo, I had this weird experience with a certain bird that flew into my house and was sitting with us for a while. And then it flew away and all these weird whack occurrences. And everyone's like, Oh, is it the spirit of the family member, you know? And, and, you know, like to a certain degree it is like that, the dog that came to us, you know, a week after my bird passed, this stray dog stayed with us, um, 
not a stray dog or someone's pet that got lost in a storm, but he came to us and he, he stayed with me overnight until we could find his owner the next day. He was with us for a good like 12 hours or something like that. Mm. But, but, but these presences are with you because the world is kind of aware that you're going through something. And so there's this increased communication I feel sometimes where it's like, yo, like there is more to life than, than you think right now. And if you let yourself tap into that, then as you walk into this new reality, you can be more connected to the subtle planes because of this loss that you've experienced. Yes. But I think it starts with believing that there's more to life than what you think. Or, because... or Yeah. And allowing yourself to, to experience that and to not yeah. dismiss those happenings or those, those knowings. Because... Yes. It's very easy to dismiss the happenings. Yes. Um, but I don't think you're going to have the happenings or any kind of experience if you don't have some kind of belief in that thing. It's so true. Yeah. But just to elaborate on this dog, this is a really interesting um, sort of occurrence, right? Because uh, your pet, Danica, let's use his beautiful feminine name. Danica named her bird Violet because she thought he was a female for how long? Uh, a couple years. <laughs> a couple <laughs> years. And... Uh, you know, when she realized it was actually a male, she didn't change its name. So Violet, um, which is a beautiful name for yeah. both genders, really. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Just a beautiful name, actually. Yeah. Um, Violet left pretty abruptly, and he wasn't well. Then a week later, a dog showed up, and this dog was cute, friendly, playful. Well-behaved, well-mannered, well-trained. Well well everything. He was just the most beautiful, well-trained boy, and he was also a bit worn. He was, you know, he looked at least over 10 to yeah. me. Couldn't run properly. Yeah. He had a bit of arthritis, but he was happy. He was just a reflection of love and joy. And this dog was like illogically obsessed with Danico. Absolutely obsessed. And no matter what I did, like he wouldn't leave Danica's side. He was, it was, it was like he was bonded with her. It's like he had known her for lifetimes, but obviously he had been for 10 years plus for with another owner. And Danica had just lost... Um, her bird and so I was thinking there's a couple of ways you could try and decode that and the first is well he could sense that she was grieving and he wanted to be there for her and then there was something that my oldest sister texted me which I, I found really beautiful and after reading it brought me to tears and it was just the idea that um, when your bird left like it he felt bad for leaving so suddenly and he wanted to bring a bit of peace and love into your world so perhaps he guided this dog straight to you and you took care of it and it was just this beautiful, I guess, relationship. Yeah, it's it certainly is a beautiful perspective and it's one that touched my heart. And yeah, experiences like that right now, things that I'm just... I'm trying not to analyze too much where I'm at right now. I'm finding that very, very valuable and I'm trying just to be with it because what I have found personally when it comes to grief... Because that's not the only thing happening for me right now. There's also this real like relinquishing of control aspect of my life where um, my mom's also going through, she's well, she's very fit and healthy, but um, she's got a crazy like rare nerve issue <laughs> called trigeminal neuralgia. I hope she doesn't mind me sh sharing, um, but she's in severe pain, like severe pain, like a, like a 20 out of 10 almost all day, every day. Yeah. And that's gotten really bad. And she's, she's going to need, um, you know, some, some relatively serious surgical intervention in order to try and seek some relief. And, and that has also been heavy. That's been with me. That's been in the house. Anybody who comes and spends any amount of time here with us 
can sort of feel that shit's, shit's changed. It wasn't always like that. There was a lot of like livelihood and, and brightness and, and vitality and, you know, losing my, my bird and then going through this, they've just been two, two big things stacked on top of each other that have been really, really heavy for me right now. And I've still got responsibilities, you know, especially with university. I'm in my last semester. So that's what I'm trying to get at is that I'm in this period of life where I kind of have fall. I, f- I feel like I've had to accept some sort of free fall. Like, okay, I'm free falling right now. Let's let go of control. I don't want to keep looking ahead and trying to think of how this is going to play out because that's dangerous and it's not healthy unless I can really hold, like all the best I can do with that is just positive, like project positivity outwards. But because of what, what such a heavy place that I'm in right now, it's really difficult to have any sort of positive outlook. So instead I'm just like, cool, no outlook. Let's just be with where I'm at. And so, yeah, like the best way I can describe it is like free falling where I see what I see and I go through what I go through and I feel what I feel and what happens happens. And I just need to just, just sort of, there's a part of me that's taken a step back and that's watching. Um, and it's just sort of not necessarily waiting for me to land, but just respecting that I am traveling right now. And that I, that, you know, circumstances are not necessarily clear. Um, things have not, are not resolved and they're not necessarily close to resolve at the moment. And things may very well get worse and get more difficult before they get better. And instead of like preparing for that, like, oh, things are going to get worse, preparing to be in more pain and suffering than I'm in now. It's like, no, just like, just be here. Just try to get through what you're getting through from moment to moment. Don't worry about what's coming next and trust that you're going to get it done and that you're going to get through it and that you're going to be good and you're going to be supported and everything's going to work out as it needs to. And really trusting that the universe is on your side, even when it's, it seems to be hurting you. I, I, I was going to use some really vulgar language there, but I caught myself. (laughs) Yeah. When it's, when it seems like it's not necessarily on your side. Mm. I think it's quite beautiful how, your situation has sort of turned into what I would call like some kind of divine presence where there's no labeling, there's no projecting into the future except for maybe positivity. There's no um, looking to the past too heavily, looking to the future too heavily. There just is. And this free fall you described sounds like, you know, a kind of radical presence and a, a loving trust in the universe where you're falling and the, you're ready to be caught. And even if you're not caught, you're like, it's okay, I trust where I'm going. And it's, it's pretty insane how, you know, suffering is what leads to this kind of radical presence. Trust and trust. And trust. Like, what's interesting that just came to me now is uh, I have, you know, I've been talking to a few of my, my friends about this for a while. We have regular calls and check-ins and I've been, I've been calling for trust for a long time I've really been calling for trust and the, and the mum situation has definitely uh, catalyzed me really trying to bring in this trust but I guess like here it is right mm-hmm. you don't like what does it mean to call in trust like here it is if I don't trust now I'll fall apart I'll yeah. lose faith yeah and there's just no room for that right now that's not the way through that's, there isn't yeah I need to keep moving with it and if you stop trusting, you'll I think you'll slowly turn into a pessimist. Yeah, and, and just think the whole world's against you all the time, and then you'll start manifesting situations yes. that reflect that. So, yes. I think, 
you know, you never want people to suffer. Yeah. You never, and you never wish suffering on anybody. Yeah. But when it brings you, you know, profound presence and intense realizations that change you and your whole life forever, yeah. well, then it was quite, at least in one way, quite good. Yeah. And, and look, I, I want to stress that the trust is where I'm at because I don't necessarily have a whole lot of positivity and light with me at this point in time regarding any of these situations. Um, like things do feel quite difficult. Um, but at the same time, I don't necessarily have negativity either. And maybe that's a really that's safe in between I think it where is. I'm not seeking false positivity, nor am I dwelling in negativity. It's like the best I can do is trust. Like, even though this seems unreasonable and unjustified and I mean, the bird thing, like the violet thing, even that, even that, you know, it's all, it's all confusing. I can usually pull the lessons out of situations real quick, but I feel like whatever's happening in this period of time right now, the lessons are going to come through in a while, you know, I have to grow into them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But um, sure. the, the only thing I can take away from it right now is just to keep trusting. And that's, that's an amazing lesson because that's going to guide you to like the best life possible. So yeah, it's an interesting one. So as I mentioned before, you really have been an incredible support because I've gone from being like you, because Jesse always wants me to be real and in, in touch with my emotions because I can be quite dissociative um, and hard <laughs> and, and like tough. Um, and so he's always trying to, trying to crack me. But during this period of time, even before I lost Violet, things had been building up. And, you know, I also wanted to talk about this. I'm not going to get too much into it, but I'm just going to touch on it really quickly. Um, I find it interesting how with looking back at really difficult periods of your life, the spirit's not just after the shit goes down. The spirit is present before the shit goes down. It's There's a buildup where there's all of these really divine occurrences and signs and signals, and they seem like positive omens, like blessings upon blessings. And then boom, the bomb goes off and you're just like, what the fuck just happened? But, but also that was a way for me personally to feel like this whole period of time is some sort of a portal and spirit is deeply present here and that it is not malicious and that it is good. But anyway, um, got a bit off track there and I forgot where I was like, how I was going to segue between things. So I'm just going to go straight into it. I used the word, but I just skimmed over it. Okay. So chill. It's giving me the, the angry eyes. Oh, I remembered. Okay. The angry eyes just reminded me. So Jesse's always trying to crack me <laughs> and get me to chill and soften. And yeah, even before I lost Violet, um, I was breaking down regularly. I was, I was crying weekly, bordering on daily. Or like if I thought about the hev- the heaviness and, 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 um, the way things had changed and, and yeah, if I thought about any of that kind of subject matter, I would really, I would really start bawling. <laughs> and then since Violet's past, it's only gotten worse. Like now it actually is an everyday thing where I have, I have a moment in every day, almost every single day. Um, so you know, are you, are you happy about that now? <laughs> yes. I mean, you described this feeling in your body. You said the grief was kind of living inside you. Yeah. And the other week, you described it to me as some thick kind of sludge. That, That's what it feels like. And then I said to you that I think the best way to get rid of that is that deep belly shaking that happens when you cry. Yeah. And, you know, crying is so healing. What's actually so, interesting is I was feeling quite sick and nauseous. Like, I mean, so for me... Uh, it's sort of died down a little bit now, but I was cycling between nausea 
and then like dizziness and then like sickness, like feeling I'm really getting sick and then mm. feeling really, really anxious and then feeling dead inside. And it was like repeat all over <laughs> again. Shit. No, actually yeah, like no, it was like an hourly cycle and then a twice hourly. I mean, then, then a, yeah, it just sort of, sort of like lengthened out over time, but I've, I still sort of have that. Um, but after I had that cry, after you cracked me that night, um, I actually feel some of the sickness that I was feeling before the cry like dissipate. When, when was that? I this was like last night. Well, the night before, you were telling me that you need to let the sludge out of the body. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, I anyway. Didn't, I didn't, I didn't so, really, just guys, just so you know, I didn't really crack her. No, no, look. There's no domestic violence here. Don't no, report so, anything. I don't want to hear any reports. So I, I didn't even get to my question, but my, my true question for you is, <laughs> you've been such an incredible support for me right now. You really, really have. Like, I wouldn't change anything about the way that you've been helping me move through this. I just want to ask you personally what that's been like for you, helping me when I've been at one of my worst uh, periods of time and, and how you, how you do so well at supporting me. Is that something you're consciously aware of and how do you do that? And also, do you feel supported? You've also been through it too. Um, are you okay? Do you feel like I'm giving you enough or do you feel that I'm too depleted to give to you right now? Well, thank you for saying all that. I think that you've been relatively in, in touch with your emotions this whole time, which is really, you know, makes me really happy. So to answer your question, I, 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 I'll go backwards. I do feel supported. I know I've been through it and you have supported me through it. And what it feels like to support you, honestly, like in full honesty, I actually enjoy it. I love nurturing. I love taking care of. I love helping people feel things. That's why I'm a musician. Um, I love to, you know, support, you know, the expression of truth. I love to hold space for people. And I, I love to help Full stop. So, yeah, it's been really beautiful for me. It's very much in my nature to be giving. And with you, it's something that I can, I can give. And I can actually see, like, you don't ignore me. Like, you, you take my word on and you try things on if they're not, if they're not things you're normally used to, um, i.e., you know, getting more in touch with your emotions, expressing them more, feeling them more, um, rather than, as you mentioned, feeling dead inside which, you know, we should say was pretty much your default like 10 years ago. Well, even, I still default to it, but yeah. but I realized right now that would kill me. I can't, that yeah. would actually make me dead inside. Yeah. I yeah. can't do that right now. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as much as it's been, you know, lovely to be here with you and to support you through it, it actually feeds me as well. And that's what I've talked about in this podcast before, where, where in giving you also receive. So it's been beautiful for me as well as extremely sad because obviously he was a beautiful boy. I know how much he meant to you. Um, and I know that he and you had one of the most special like spirit relationships I've ever seen on earth. And so that's, that's why, you know, I could see how close you guys were. So of course I want to be there for you as much as I can. And you're even here for me with going through the things with mom, you know, supporting us, um, in yeah, how how the things have changed for us inside of our household, and trying to support her through her pain, and yeah, yeah, her her situation is remarkable to observe and heartbreaking more than anything, because I mean I can't imagine having to look at you know someone you possibly care about more than anyone in the world, just watch them go through, you know, 11 out of 10 pain throughout the day. Yeah. It's extremely, extremely hard. And, and obviously 
if you're any kind of human with emotion, you, you, you feel that they're in pain and it makes you feel pain. And yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. And so, I mean, I'm just happy to be here in whatever way I can. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's, yeah, it's a really interesting time. And look, I don't have much more to say about all of it. Like that's, this is well and truly where I'm at. Just trying to get through this last little bit of this university semester, you know, getting out of lockdown, finally, perhaps having some time to breathe and unwind and, um, enjoy life. Mm. (laughs) Not that I haven't been enjoying it, but yeah, you know, for anyone out there going through a hard time, like sometimes, sometimes it is just a hard time and you can't be pushed to, to a silver lining. You can't be pushed to accepting and moving on. You just, you still have that thick sludge of grief and difficulty inside of you. And you need to carry that for a little while longer and let it out little bit by little bit and keep supporting yourself and trust, <laughs> keep trusting. Cause if, if not, what have you got? Yeah. I recommend letting it out lot by lot rather than little bit by little bit. <laughs> right now, I, yeah, right now I have to contain it, but hopefully we can, you know, once uni's up, we can just drive out to the middle of nowhere and I can just get out of the car and start screaming and just yeah. not stop until I feel a little bit freer. Great. If that's what you need to do. I mean, I do whatever. enjoy a good scream into the wilderness. It's <laughs> <laughs> something liberating about that, but you just hope that no one hears it because they will assume murder right away. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a that's a panic scream right there. <laughs> and I also recommend for hard times, this is something I do, um, which Danica refuses to even consider. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm struggling to feel emotions, but I know I can feel that kind of sludge in there. And it doesn't feel like sludge for me. But it feels like spider webs have buried my heart. <laughs> so that's what it feels like because I, I don't feel as radiant as I yeah, normally do. Yeah, yeah. And maybe spiderwebs isn't the best. Maybe it's like someone's thrown a, 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 a sort of handful of mud at it and then a lot, a lot, it's gotten stuck and I need to like clear it and open it and shoot the mud <laughs> off. Anyway, these analogies are terrible, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to continue. <laughs> what I do is I try and evoke the sadness within myself or trigger it with something else. So I will deliberately put on a sad movie. Now, I don't like to watch sad movies unless I know that I need to cry. So, I mean, if anyone can comment to, I, to Danica and just tell her to do it. I'm fully aware that he's telling this story right now because he wants other people to validate his idea. But here's my... Here's I don't my, care if they validate it. Just try it. Here's my side of things. If I'm already crying easily and readily, why do I need to make myself no, cry more about something that does not have to do with what I'm going through. You're good. You're good. I'm just talking about, um, like I wouldn't change what you're doing. <laughs> I'm just talking about if you, if in a week's time or a week ago or at any point you found that it was really hard to move through it because you wouldn't let it come to the surface, but it was there and it was kind of controlling you to some extent. That's when it's useful. If you're already processing your emotions without a sad movie, then you know, fucking awesome. Good on you. I'm just talking to the people who have trouble expressing their emotions openly maybe because they were, of how they were raised or because of them you know maybe feeling ashamed of sharing emotions or they just bury it and go dead inside i don't know there's a million different ways to repress your emotions but that's just something that's helped me but hey other thing i want to say is i know in the beginning of this conversation you 
weren't even really ready to share any of the stuff, any of the things you did. You started out being vague and you ended off being very specific. And I think that was really beautiful. I think that you said, like, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm ready to talk about this, but you just talked about it. Mm. And that's kind of the same thing with grief. It's like, you're not, you're never ready for mm. someone to go, but it just happens. And then you go through it. You said to me the other day, like I was saying to you, I don't feel like I've had the time to move through this. And you said, there's no time. You're not, you're never going to have the time. You need to take the time. That's it. And yeah, I, I really appreciate that piece of advice. I thought that was very valuable. And look, I don't know if anything I've said today is interesting, objectively or subjectively. I, I, I don't know. I guess all I hope is that, well, first and foremost, I'm, I'm really grateful to just be able to sit in this space and to try and express and articulate and with, without any alternate agenda. You know, there's no lesson, there's no silver lining, there's no... You're not like, trying to teach something, yeah, you're not trying to like... Share anything in particular. It, you're just talking. Yeah, it yeah. is what it is. Full stop, you know, <laughs> <laughs> underline. Um, just being real. Yeah, just being real. And yeah, I, I know that it's been a heavy time generally for people. So maybe it's relatable, maybe it's not. But we all are going to need to carry some grief sludge with us. At, uh, you know, probably point. many different points in our lives in many different ways. And it's going to show up differently at every point in time. Sometimes, yeah, you know, you just got to do whatever you've got to do as long as you're doing it and not running from it. And, you know, if you have the support, that's amazing if you don't get it because people are there. And lastly, um, yeah, just huge shout out and appreciation to everybody who's reached out to me you know the obscurest of people have sent the most heartfelt of messages mm. and or have shared words of wisdom or have just suggested things for my mom or whatever it is shared stories of their own um that's that's when you realize like i have not felt alone through any of this and, and usually in the darkest periods of my time i feel the most alone but this is one of the darkest and this is one of the most um supported i've ever felt so i'm very grateful for that that is amazing. It's beautiful to go through this thing with support. And like you said, get it. Get the support. If you don't have it, get it. Like someone out there wants to help you. Someone out there will help you. There is always help. So really what we wanted to talk about today was redefining normal. It's the idea that whatever normal your life is, it's never going to be like that forever. Things come and go. Redefining normal is accepting that new normals will arise constantly, which is just another another word for change. So be ready for it and accept it as best you can. And, uh, and you know, sometimes we can establish the new normals very actively. We can work with it. Other times, like you said, you just have to accept it. There's a, like a large gest gestation period between the previous normal and the new normal. Yeah. And yeah, the acceptance will get you to that final, yeah. final place. But it has to start with acceptance. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you'll get there quick and sometimes you'll free fall for a while. But if you're free falling, just wait and see. That's what mm. I keep telling myself. Just wait and see and be the best you can. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Thanks for letting us get real with all you listeners. And uh, looking forward to our next discussion. <laughs>